Bible says a man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's a pretty powerful verse. In the uh, book of 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Let you be turning there. And we're going to pray before we go. Before we go into the word. Amen. 2 Corinthians. Right after 1 Corinthians. Right before Galatians. Help you out there a little bit. Some of these little books in the Bible is kind of hard to find. Yes, sir. Especially those minor prophets. Everybody there? Amen. Okay. We'll give you this chapter here in just a minute. Let's pray first. Dear Lord God, we just come and we, we can never come to you too much in prayer, Lord, and talk to you, God, and praise you. Thank you, Lord. That's that's our avenue. It's through praise and thanks. And then we, we begin to petition, Lord, and... and uh, just look to you and and talk to you and ask you, Lord. And for tonight, God, we just approach you, Lord, as we worship your holy, mighty, great name and just had a great time in doing so, just loving you, appreciating you, Lord, and thanking you for your goodness and mercy and yes. and uh, opening our hearts up to you, Lord, and saying, here we are. Here we are. Teach us your word, Lord. Teach us all of your word, not just bits and pieces or plucks that we want to hear, but teach us all of your word, Lord. Uh, that we grow thereby, that we mature, that we uh, strive for that perfection of which your word directs us to do, Lord. God, that we can gain and gather, that we can reap and harvest uh, the fruit of your word. It will empower us. It'll identify things in our lives that need to be identified. Lord, it will uproot. It will tear down. Do a lot of things, God, that we needed to do. So help us to receive His Word. Help us to take it into the depths of our beings, Lord, and let it plow the ground that needs to be plowed. Mm -hmm. That, God, we be blessed because of it. And we just pray for all these tonight, Lord, that are traveling, these that are feeling ill, and ask you to bless them, protect them, and comfort them, and heal them. And we just appreciate all you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Man, I think we could just pray the whole service. That was, yeah. that was just flowing. Sometimes prayers don't just flow, do they? No. Sometimes it's like you've got a sledgehammer or a jackhammer trying to get through whatever it is that you're, you're working, and we know what that is, don't we? Uh -huh. yeah, the old enemy don't, don't want us praying or praising or anything. Don't give up. In the 13th chapter of Second Corinthians, we're going to, dig into this, but let me say this first. Uh, Christians, Christians, how many of how many of you notice that a lot of people are, are Christians now? Yeah. Not even see them wearing a cross around their neck, but you see them in some of the hottest places for Christians to be. Uh, yeah. Or doing the most ungodly things that Christians ought not to be doing. That kind of what are you doing wearing a cross when you're when you're in the midst of evil or whatever. But uh, Christians Or living a Christian life, uh, we should be aware that we we influence each other, we influence others, and we also especially influence and affect 
that which we are part of, we can say church, the other Christian community, Christian family, Christian marriage. You with me this far? Amen. We should be aware of that, right? We should be aware that what we do, how we act, the things we do, should be aware of and keep in mind that those very things have effect. They bear influence upon others. I've dealt with a lot of people through the years and situations in some homes. You got a Christian wife, maybe not a Christian husband, or maybe vice versa. Most often there's turmoil and problems. Sometimes we have a family member that's been saved and devoted their life to Christ, but the rest of the family not so. I've been in the church world for a lot of years. Of all places, we ought to be the proper influence, right? Amen. Come on. Of all places. Why? What difference does it make? What difference does it make how I want to present myself? This is way in night. Now you can feel free to comment. What difference does it make? People in the world need to see the difference. Yeah, what's the difference? Somebody that walks in the world and somebody who walks in there. Yes, God. should be very easily distinguished. Yeah. But more and more, that's not what's happening. This thing right here that we all got one of is our biggest enemy. We form opinions, our own convictions, the way I want to do it, no matter what anybody else says, all kinds of things. Every, I like to think of it like this. I may be home totally alone, which I am most of the time. Now, I didn't volunteer for that, as you well know. Uh, regardless, I have influence every second. What I have influence? There's nobody else there. I have influence in my home. It may be walls and ceilings and floor and rooms and whatever else. That may sound like a crazy statement, but I'm going to tell you something. What you let go on in your house affects your house. Yeah. Yeah. What you let come through your whatever devices, I'll say it that way because there's too many to even name anymore. What you let come through them, don't ever think that it doesn't have influence in your home. Don't ever think it doesn't have influence with your children and your family members. So if that can have influence, an electronic instrument can have influence, what about us? The very people that are supposed to be demonstrating and exhibiting the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's, that, that's what we need to be working on and working on it constantly. So back to what I was saying when I started, we need to be constant, not just aware once in a while, but constantly aware of how I influence other people, how I affect other people. Especially in what it is that I'm a part of, and again, in this instance, a church. 
We can be good influence or we can be bad influence. Right? Yeah. One or the other. We're going to look at some scriptures now, and this is Paul talking to a church. Matter of fact, this is the third time to talk to them. They hadn't got it time number one. They hadn't got it time number two. But he's coming back again. And he gets a little bolder every time. And in thinking of this, and I ask you to do that, think along with me as what we're talking about here. Think about the importance of having a good essence. You know what essence means? Essence is kind of what you emit. Your, your demeanor, your makeup, your who you are, really. And we know, who are we to be about? Christ, Christ right? So what kind of... Uh, exhibition are we supposed to be presenting? A Christ-like one. So that pretty much leaves a worldly one out of the picture, right? Should. Amen? I know we're getting deep because you don't get a lot of amen sometimes. <laughs> when we really get an understanding of what we're going to talk about, and, and all, you always hear me say, and apply it. You can hear it 50 years, but if you never apply it, it does you no good. And it does no one else any good. Because there are a huge number of negative characteristics in the churches of today that are absolutely not exhibiting Christ Jesus. Okay? Let's talk about, again, the importance of the, even what's the necessity of that? We live in a world as do as you want to do, come as you want to, act like you want to act, go crazy if you want to go crazy, destroy people's property. I mean, now that's getting to the extremes, and I've talked about that Sunday about why people do that. I think I left halfway confused myself because we had a terrible spirit in here. Anybody else notice that that was here? Hindering one hindering one but we're back here and we're on good ground I don't sense anything tonight Amen. but um, let's talk a little more give you a, a little more opportunity here to, to just give some couple of pieces of input Lath has and if anybody else got something before I move on about influence and about effect influence has effect right yes, yes. Okay. Right. I think about my children Whenever they're around other kids, certain kids, it always brings up that argument. You're never hanging out with them again. You come home and totally different. You never grow out of that if you're not here with them. There you go. That's a good point. Uh, you saying that, it's uh, sometimes it's kind of hard to mop that stuff off too, isn't it? Yeah. Get them back it's, straight again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because influence is, is uh, powerful. Uh, effect a buddy of influence is powerful and that's why the Bible not only here there's multiple places where, where we're given basically instructions on how to properly influence others now think about this one who have you got to influence before you influence anybody else right come on how are we going to do that because you're the hardest person to convince 
in this world, and so am I. I'll tell you why in a minute. But it's essential that we do that, that we start with ourselves. That's what Paul says right here in just a minute. Here in beginning with verse number 1 of chapter 13 is where I want to start because this is exactly what I was referring to a moment ago. He's come the third time. He says, this is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And that was the basically the biblical principle. That's a whole other message really because that contains a lot. What he's saying is, is uh, I know what I saw. I know what I saw because it's not only me that's seen it. Two or three witnesses or people that's seen something or at least been present when something happened, right? That's what he's saying right here. That brings up an interesting point. It's this one. Don't think people, don't ever think people don't watch you. Don't ever think people that you never would think would be watching you don't watch you. If you wear the title of Christian, I promise you they watch you. And a lot of times, a lot of them are looking for you to make a mistake. Now, we all make mistakes, right? Yes. What's a mistake? That's something pretty much you do one time and you, if you're watching what's going on, you need to correct that thing and you move on and leave it behind you, right? What's a pattern? What you do all the time. Why do we do what we want to do all the time? Even if it's something bad, why do we do that? Because we've developed a pattern. Habit, call it what you want to. It's the way we are. But again, who are we representing? So who do we need to be striving to represent better? Christ. Verse 2. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned. Up to this point of sins, what he's talking about. And remain in their sins. And don't want to change their sins. That's what's going on that Paul's talking about. Are we on the same road so far? Because I want, I, want, I want us to really see. The reason... For this, and, and again, other scriptures throughout the word that, that try to tell us that there's an example to uphold. And the reason for that, you know, the Bible says God's holy, so we need to be holy. We need to strive to be holy. We, we need to present ourselves the very best. And I believe that. The very best. Now, you can, there's all kinds of things we can talk about presenting self, and I don't want to get here on a a subject can get just bogged down in it, but I hope you get what we're talking about here because there's some things that's been going on in the Corinthian church that, again, Paul says, I've addressed this two times already. And I'm not able to be there this time, so I'm coming at you this time with this letter. And that's what he's done. There was some immorality taking place. There were some things that they had practiced for years before they became Christians. Uh-oh, here we go, right? Before they became Christians. And they're still practicing those things. What's that tell us? How did you learn to do anything? 
pretty much taught, weren't we? Who taught you? Think about it. What taught you? Influence is a teacher. Influence is probably the strongest teacher you'll ever run up against. Because again, influence has effect that affects your life. And if we're not careful, it'll set us up in a pattern that's not applicable to the Word of God. And we stay in that thing. And I could say maybe never realizing it, but I don't know. It seemed like we should realize it. Although people have told me, well, I didn't even know I was doing that. And so I guess sometimes maybe people don't. We're going to see why here in just a minute. Stay in the scriptures with me. We're going to see why. Let's read a little more. And being absent, now write to them which heretofore have sinned, and to all other, or to all others, that if I come again, I will not spare. Now, the reason Paul's putting it this way, when he says, I will not spare, I mean, he's, he's kind of ready to, to get in a tangle. Obvious reasons that I, I've told you twice, and you seem to not be paying attention, and you seem to be absolutely satisfied with what it is you're doing, and you need to change. We don't like change, do we? Humans don't like change. They want to keep doing what they've always done. You know, saying we say around here sometimes you always do what you've always done you'll always be what you've always been that applies to negative too so that tells me that we have to within ourselves come to a decisional conclusion that I got to realize that I got to make some changes if I'm going to be an example of Christ then there's some changes I got to make right mm -hmm. the way I think about things may not be right or proper Things I say may not be right or proper. How I present myself may not be right or proper. There's a lot of things that we could talk about right here. Now, Paul is getting pretty pretty emphatic here because you can tell he's kind of getting stirred up. This is how he puts it. In verse 3 he says, Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you it is not weak, but is mighty in you. So, what he's talking about, they they've kind of challenged him on his authority because again he's trying to direct them in something that they've been doing that he knows they don't need to be doing so they're challenging you know call it buck up anybody ever buck up against your kids you mentioned they ever buck up a little bit because they don't want the change they, they'd rather do what they've been doing that's what he's dealing with right here so they're challenged him and, and he says in verse 4 for though he was crucified through weakness yet he liveth by the power of God for we also are weak in him but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you he's trying to clarify and straighten out his Christ given authority to deal with this church explaining to them that the one that's supposed to be living in you is powerful if you read between the lines, he's more powerful than you're making him because as long as you keep doing what you're doing, he cannot be as powerful in you as he should be. There's an issue, right? Let's talk about that. Anybody seen what example what I'm talking about? People have sin in their lives and they don't want to change sin in their lives or they 
and it, it could be even issues, maybe not even sin, but issues. They're just going to do what they're going to do, and they don't care who it affects, or they don't care what uh, the consequences are. And that's kind of the situation right here. So he's dealing with them pretty sternly. That's what this story is up. Okay, this is what he says now in verse 5. Examine yourselves. Examine yourself. Who? How do you examine you? How often do you examine you? Think about this. It's what he's telling them. You got issues, individual issues, personal issues, bad issues. Somebody needs to tell you what you're doing, and first thing you need to do is examine yourself. Hmm. Whether you be, listen to this, in the faith. Are we in the faith? That's a term meant in relationship, belief, and trust in the Lord. So we have to first ask ourselves, am I? Examining. Now, where it says examine yourself, that literally means try yourself. What's that mean? What's try yourself mean? It's actually referring to setting up a court of law with all the evidence on the table. Can you picture that? What's a court do? Hmm? What's it do? So what, how does it go? What's the process it goes through? You got witnesses, right? If you're examining yourself, who's the only witness right now? You are. So who are you testifying against? Yourself. Yourself. But you can't testify against yourself until there's some kind of evidence to put on the table. Right? Yeah. Pretty hard to chunk something up there. It's going to make you look guilty, isn't it? <laughs> this is asking for full confession. That's what it is. You got things in your life that don't need to be in your life. You're messing the church up. That's what Paul's saying. Talking to a church, Corinthian church, the third time. Wrote two letters to him, now he's been back at him. This is the third time. You're giving the church a bad reputation. That's what he's saying. The church has an image. It's the image of Christ Jesus, and you're messing it up. Boy, it's just hitting this like a message for 5,000 or 10,000. We should have had the little camera set up. This is serious stuff. Examining yourself, taking a inventory, taking a microscopic look, not anybody else, not that one over there, that one back yonder, that other family member, whatever, this says you. Examine yourself, examine myself. This is free, and I mean, this doesn't mean anything. I'm not telling anybody what to do, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad. I've not watched TV in almost a year, other than weather, when storms come. 
I cannot tell you how much better I am for it. I'm serious. I'm not telling you to go home and kick your TV out in the yard and beat it up with a sledgehammer. I'm just saying to me, it was very rewarding. That's just one thing that's an influencer, sir. I mentioned that earlier. There's a lot of things that influence. There are so many things in a day's time that we as individuals do to influence somebody else. And especially when we walk in that church door back there coming into a service, we are influencers. Somebody is watching us. Somebody's looking. Somebody driving down that road may be looking and watching you come in and they're thinking one thing or the other. So, going deeper into this, when he's talking about examining yourself, whether you be in the faith, then he says, prove your own selves. Hmm. Prove your own selves. So we got court set up, right? We got the court of self going on, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in this instance, who's the judge, jury, and prosecutor? figured it out yet you are you, you're, you're the one responsible here that's what Paul's saying to this church examine yourselves set you up this and he's, of course he's not talking in the physical like you'd set up a physical courtroom I'm just using this for example because that's what this means mm -hmm. get the evidence out give yourself some hard licks and beat that evidence out of you yeah. get that on the table where you can do something with it. Don't keep harboring it. Don't keep doing it. Don't, don't keep being bound by your opinions and your ideas and, and what you think's right. The Bible tells us what's right. God will tell us what's right and how we're supposed to be. He, God don't operate by opinion. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God, amen, especially <laughs> in this day and time. Yeah. Mm. But when we line up with God's word... God's word, by the way, is not an opinion. It's set in eternity. It's not going to change. Even though it's trying to be changed and manipulated and twisted and contrived to fit programs and fit agendas and fit opinions and fit churches even. We know that, don't we? Because we see it. That doesn't mean that it's right, but it's happening. Okay, then he says when he's talking about prove your own self he's talking about after you get the evidence out and this this is commencing and and the details are coming out and you're, you're beginning to see hey there's there's guilt involved here aren't we all what do we have to do with that guilt in the first place if we're saved brought it to Jesus right and he became what our redeemer right took it for us he still does this. And I've said this too many times, and there's teaching out there today that you come one time and that's good enough and you're done and you're you're fine. We gotta keep coming back, folks. We gotta keep coming back to this this place and and examine ourselves. And I'll say constantly. Because we're influenced if you go anywhere, and most 
that's got jobs at school or whatever, if you go somewhere, you are under terrible, terrible influence. And that stuff sticks and has a very possibility of attaching to you and becoming a pattern or a habit or a fault or a, a sin. Keeps growing. But proving here, this is what it means when he says prove your own self. Evaluate in order to determine and render factual judgment. What is evidence? It's the facts, right? The Amen. court looks at facts. And facts have to be evidence that are truthful and honest. So what do we got to be with ourselves? Truthful and honest, right? We can't try to hide pet stuff behind us. We can't try to keep our opinions doctored. We've got to let the Word work on us. We've got to let the Holy Spirit work on us. We've got to make ourselves subject, and that's what this evaluation does. It opens up a an opportunity to see our faults and our failures and, yes, even our sins. And then, once we, we see it and realize it, then we can begin to do something about it, and that's take it to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. So what are all these things? What? Paul's talking about a great big one, but he's not, he's not only confining it to a particular sin because he's, he's giving them the whole nine yards. If I'm talking about this, I might as well give it all to them. And that's what we got to do. Whatever's going on with us needs to be put on trial, brought out, and we need to be the first ones to say, okay, I'm fine with that. Let's get this thing done because I want to move on for Jesus. That's what he's trying to get them to do. Move on for Jesus. Because presently, they're not going anywhere. Because they're locked down and bogged down in this thing that's going on in the church. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates? Uh -huh. We know Jesus is in us, don't we? Amen. He's asking, don't you know Jesus is in you? I mean, these are people that's come to the knowledge of Jesus and actually received salvation. That's who he's talking to. But they're still doing what they were doing before. In this case, bad stuff. But what else? We can't just leave it at their bad stuff. Scripture's for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. This wasn't just for the Corinthian church. And then it was zipped up and thrown in a record somewhere. No, this is for us today. And, and, the, and the power of the Scriptures is what delivers us. And, and, and it, it amazingly allows us to be the, the key instruments in deliverance for ourselves. And this is it right here. We could call it setting ourselves free. By putting evidence on the table. Let's just go to court. Okay, I'm guilty to start with, but I want to see what it is and, and get it out of my life. Great. More than advice here. Now I pray to God, in verse 7, right, verse 6, but I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates, Paul's trying to, again, here's his challenge. He's 
you know, I mean, Paul has admitted he's got faults, but what he's trying to say to them is, you're trying to say that I'm something wrong. You, you ever notice that? When people are really wrong, they'll try to flip it and make somebody else look wrong to take the heat off of them. We see a lot of that today, don't we? It may not make one lick of sense whatever they're trying to twist, but they'll still do it to try to get the heat off them and put it back on some. That's what's going on. Now look what he says in verse 7. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. I pray to God that you do no evil. Now, looking at the word evil there, we readily identify and think, well, that's talking about something real bad, terrible, and wicked. Well, that's not the definition of this particular term used right here. Evil here simply means bad. Bad. With an extension of character. What's a bad character do? Gives bad influence. Right? Well, what's involved in a bad character? A lot of things. Talk about it. How is our character? We all got one, by the way. And we can't escape that thing. It's going to be good or it's going to be bad. And the better we can make it, the better we can be for Jesus and for ourselves. What Paul say, and for others. Keep influence in mind, please. Personal, individual influence as we go through this. I pray to God that you do no evil. That's an interesting term, again, meaning bad leading to developing bad character and bad character is bad influence why why is bad character bad influence what is bad character let's talk about it because if it's bad character and you're given bad influence then you're not doing a godly character it goes against God you're also tarnishing yeah God I mean not that he can be tarnished but you're the institution you, you can't you your influence doesn't stop with you your influence goes from you constantly and if you've got bad influence from a bad character from doing bad things you're going to affect other people in what ways bad. talk about that what Bad, bad, ways. bad ways. What? Let's, let's pick it up a little bit. Oh, let's open the can. How do we affect people in bad ways if we got bad character and we're doing bad things ourselves and all the time maybe pretending to be something that we're not? That's more damaging than anything. Just go be bad. You're making it look like it's okay to, to do the things that you do. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. It's dangerous. Very. Very. Because it can become a pattern. Or you either you don't care or maybe you don't know of the things you're doing that's influencing other people in a negative way when we're supposed to be influencing them in a positive way. 
And folks, that most of that takes place outside the church. Your character's out here. That's that's where most 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 people see your characters out here. And believe you me, they see character. I, I've dealt with people for sometimes more years than I I want to. And character's always involved because they can't escape their character. Whatever their character is, is who they're going to be. And who they're going to be is going to influence other people. Especially part of an institution or something that they are part of. It can't be any other way. It's a reflection, if you will. It's a reflection on who they are or what they are part of. What Paul's stressing here, you, you've got to get this straightened out. You're a bad influence on the church in general. What you're doing is damaging. I'm coming to tell you again, you've got to straighten this out. So, the evil, um, it's, the term used here, let's put it this way, it's all inclusive of anything bad. The term evil. Just all inclusive of anything bad. Not a particular thing. All kinds of things. Which are what? What's some what's some character of bad influence that we can affect other people with? Lying, cheating, stealing, gossip. conniving, gossip. It's like a domino effect. You, if you start something like that and you don't follow it. <coughs> Exactly. Because there's a combination exactly. that yeah. will, yeah. they're going to church and stuff, but they're doing the same thing I'm doing and what they're doing and what they're doing. So it, it goes back to it hurts yeah. God. Think, and think about it like this. How can you have confidence in somebody that's a bad character? You can't. So that affects fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. Or proper and decent fellowship. <coughs> Why does anybody want to put their trust in somebody that can't be trusted? It, I mean, I can't get out enough how influence is so huge and how we influence people. And that, again, being aware, aware that really everything we do influences somebody. If it's your wife or your husband, you're influencing them. Your children. I know I've said it before, but I've had people come to me and their kids in trouble and they're maybe caught out here drinking and going and and, and uh, they'll ask what? What happened? Watching you? Because you've done the same thing in front of them? How could you expect them to be any different? What a, think about that in a spiritual sense. I believe most people, and it varies, but most people that, you know, they're out here in the world and maybe they wake up or maybe they've heard something and they begin to realize that they need the Lord. What's probably the first thing that's going to come to mind that they might be interested in trying to find and go to? Think it might be a church. 
But when they walk in and they begin to see this one and this one and this one and they know good and well because they saw it and witnessed it for themselves, why do I want to be in a group of people like this? And usually, and I believe, I believe it's happened more than once, probably a lot of times, maybe they never went back anywhere. Whew. See how important influence is, be good or bad negative or positive we can throw some more examples in uh, your again your actions are more important than you might think uh, you uh, I just want to throw this in and I've heard this said before and I've said it myself and I found it to be factually right and it, I don't know how it happens because holy is holy, right? But what I've been told is just because somebody's spitting fire, spitting scriptures, maybe talking in tongues and dancing all over the church, don't be deceived because they may not be what they're acting like they are. Come on. Anybody relate to that? Isn't that amazing? Talking in tongues, and they'd have problems. You better believe it. That's why we need to evaluate our stuff constantly. Because if holier than thou has got all kinds of issues going on that's observable not only by family but others, what do you think it does as far as influence? A lot of damage, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Any comments? Yeah, go ahead, Brother Ken. You know, some born-again believers, they deal with two characters, the old man and the new man. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point, the old man's got to completely die out. Boy, you got it. That's it. Yeah. And then, yeah. The, and the new man, just like a, a, what a caterpillar and a butterfly, there's a change there. Yeah. I mean, going to see the change. Yeah. Well, you know, in uh, Paul's spoken of that to the church before, kind of what you just said. You, you're saved now. You're representing Jesus. you got to clean yourself up. But you see what's, what's happening. They're remaining in this mode. And I'll tell you, some modes are hard to keep yourself out of. But we're, it's called, he's calling this church to do that. Now, yes, there's individuals in the church that's committing these things but he's not calling them by name who's he talking to here he's talking to the church which is in general everybody gets it everybody gets it so everybody knows and if you don't want to do it then okay next time I'm coming to you personally mm -hmm. that's even pastoral you know that yeah. I don't mind admitting it you keep on going with the problem and you get the word you get the word you get the word he's knocking on your door sometime there's a way we're supposed to act and there's a way we're supposed to present ourselves, right? Attitudes, characters, personalities, they all have influence. Yes. Pastor, it's, to me, it's all a part of sanctification. You know, that's not a one-time thing. That is constantly, you know, yeah. just like your influence. If you're constantly in the Word and sanctifying and working on mm -hmm. yourself, 
then you're constantly, that influence is going to get better and better and better. You know, no one is perfect, but we're supposed to strive every day to grow. And a lot of people, they just go stale. They stop. They're not dedicated to that continual, you know, that continual sanctification. Yeah, and you usually don't stay at a stopping point. You go right. backwards. You go backwards yeah. after a while. Yeah. I'll admit this because I are one. <laughs> I are one. <laughs> I've seen some preachers that treat their wives like worse than dirt. Think about that. What kind of character is that? I mean, I've been in the present and they just blister them good just for no reason, just hateful, spiteful. Just make you want to crawl under a rug somewhere. Just being around. It's just an example. Yeah, baby. Well, it's like you might tell a young kid or your your kids, you'll tell them and tell them what they need to do, and they won't listen. So then you have to get a little sharper with them. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I'm going to get a little sharper with you next time. Yeah. If you don't come through this time, then I'll be there. He's got something else to say over here. We'll get to that in just a minute. We've got a short amount of time left, but uh, let's move on. Um, Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest. Mm -hmm. Though we be as reprobate. So he's kind of giving them a little room here, but I want you to catch what he said. Not that we should appear approved, but that it should do that which is honest. Honest. Summed it up in one word. Amen. You saved for Jesus. You proved it for Jesus. Three Greek words. Kokos means evil or bad. Kolos means good. One letter. Huge difference though, right? Well, there's another one. It's konos. It's in the middle of kokos and kolos. That means honest. Instead of being evil or bad, good developed by being honest. And not just a term that we think, well, he's an honest guy. No, honesty goes a long ways. Because honesty is a lifestyle. Honesty is fair treatment of individuals. Honesty is is good morals, stability, uh, fair play, fair trade, fair balance. Deal truthfully. No lies. No manipulation. No concocting. There's there's a lot involved in honesty here, and this is this is hugely important because it plays right into. He said, don't be evil. What he's saying, otherwise, be honest. So we get everything on the table as far as being guilty of the bad and the bad character and everything else that might go along with that. And we start looking or bringing ourselves out of the pattern we've been in to a pattern of what now? Being honest, which makes all the difference, right? There's a lot of scriptures. Uh, I don't have time tonight. I'll give them to you if you want to. You ask me afterwards, I've got some scriptures here all through the word about this very thing to reinforce what Paul is saying. Uh, but I want to read the rest of the scripture real quick. For we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. 
For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we wish even your perfection, even your perfection towards honesty and away from the things that are so damaging, destructive to the influence that you're creating by the things that you're doing is what he's talking about here. Therefore, I write these things in verse 10, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power, listen to this, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Paul's a, he's quite a loaded bear. I mean, he's got the authority of God. This guy, he's apostle, he's pretty powerful. Uh, and he's, he's trying to be easy with them. He said, if I have to do it again, it's going to be different. Uh, sharpness is a term that he used. But um, going back to the, uh, the scriptures, let me give you those here. Somebody wants them, I'm going to slide them down. Uh, defining the Greek term, actual Greek, for, let me give you this, honest, this is what it means. Intrinsically good right, righteous, noble, ethically moral, good-hearted, truthful, having good face value. What does that mean? If you deal with me, you're going to get good, fair treatment. My word is my anchor. Uh, what I tell you is right. What I tell you is truthful. You can count on my face value you get what you're looking at. Amen. Right? Completely honest. Uh, having conduct that is fair, that's right, and honorable. Summing it up, maintaining a fineness of character. Fineness. Polishing it daily. Getting it fine. You ever, anybody here ever sand wood or anything? You know, you start with a coarse... And you keep, boy, you get to that fine, boy, you get, boy, in a minute, you can just, just fine. That's how we're supposed to do our character. Work on it, polish it, get it fine, get it honest. That Our dealings are honest, and influence of honesty is just, it's just drawing. It's just, it just, it's just uh, so much influence and effect that it, it not only helps us grow closer to God, but others as well, because the influence is man. Okay, the, the verse of scriptures on it's uh, 2 Corinthians 8 21. Was going to share these, but we don't have time. Galatians 6 9. 1 Thessalonians 5 21. Titus 2 14 and 3 8. Hebrews 10, 24, 1 Peter 2, 12, and Luke 8, 15. All of those you will find honest and good as great and wonderful influencers of life. And of course, who are we? Oh, go ahead, Becker. Yeah, then I'll get you, Jim. Uh, Pastor, what was, Luke, what was Luke and Hebrews again? Was 8, 15? Yeah, 8, 8, 15 15. and Luke. Uh-huh. And Hebrews was 10, 24. 10, uh, 24. Mm-hmm. And then what was after? What you was get 1 Peter 2, 12. Yep, I got that. Uh, Titus. 
Let me run through them again. You can see which one you missed. Second Corinthians eight twenty one. Okay. Galatians six nine. First Thessalonians five twenty one. Titus two fourteen and three eight. Okay. And then you got the other ones. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jim. Well, I think what Paul's trying to do here is keep them, keep them from destroying the church. Well, that's exactly because because what they're doing, they're talking about each other in the church, mm-hmm. and that's that's about the worst thing you can do in a church body is talk about each other. Exactly, uh, but the uh, in or the effect that has. Yeah. I mean, he's. It's like Barney Fife getting nipped in the bud before it grows. Yeah. And that well, that's. Yeah. Talk about anything. It, it tells us how to, you know, in, in the Bible, how to uh, approach the one that you think you've been seeing, mm-hmm. and then by two or three witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Well, we that, have to take that's why he said that. The church. That's why he said that. Uh, yeah, he brought it out. You that's a reference. That. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know it, and I know it. Yeah. But that's what he was trying to Follow do. Follow the comment. Well, the comments are learning off each other. That kind of stuff will destroy a church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It will. Well, that's not the only thing. Yeah. It, it's uh, uh, it, it's just influences the word. Yeah, the spirit consider, can't work while that's going on. Yeah, consider how we influence people. Consider how we influence. Let's talk. How do we influence a particular church service? Right. Me. How do I influence it? By being what you're supposed to be. Exactly. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Doing what you're supposed to yeah. do. Uh, and that, that edifies the, the entirety when we really get them. And I'm going to say this again. I, I, I wouldn't be up here preaching to you this if I didn't have to do it myself. I, this is something I have to do. Evaluate, examine constantly. There's things that our eyes fall on every day. There's things that goes in our ear. We don't want to see it and we don't want to hear it, but it happens. So the quicker we can get that stuff out of us before it sets up camp, and becomes part of who we are, which again is going to be bad influence. If we've got things that, I'll say this: if we know we're doing something and and we know it's wrong, just stop doing it. Get honest. Get honest because honesty, you cannot beat an honest influence. You just can't beat it. That's why I said right here. So let your influence be honest. Whittle things out of your life if you got things going. And again, we all have, we all do. Sometimes we wind up, we don't even know how it got there. But it will if you let it. 